This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Today's message is entitled, Samson, Set Apart with a Flawed Heart, Yet He Made His Mark. This is from Judges 13 through 16, and the sermon title is really an outline that we'll be following that Samson was a judge or deliverer of Israel for 20 years. And the three parts that we'll be covering over the next three weeks are these. First, Samson set apart before birth. Second, Samson flawed heart for self. And third, Samson made his mark through the power of God. So first of all, let's look at Samson was set apart before his birth. We're going to look at four things, the times, the uh, history point that he lived in, the impossible situation with regards to his parents and their uh, inability to have children, the visitation by the Lord Jesus himself, we call that a Christophany, when Jesus appears before his incarnation, and the verification of what Jesus said to Manoah and his wife as something that is true and will appear because he is God. So let's pray and look at these things. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for examples, both good examples and troublesome examples. Help us to follow that which is good and to avoid that which is not good. Thank you, Lord, for Samson an example that you use people who are flawed to accomplish your will and that you can sovereignly work your purposes in spite of ourselves. So Lord, thank you for the example of Samson. Help us to follow the right things in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, Samson set apart from birth the times. Judges chapter 13 verse 1 says, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. As you were told last time when we were looking at Gideon, there's a cycle in the book of Judges. The cycle is that the people would be prosperous and blessed by the Lord, but they would forget those blessings, they would take them for granted, and they would apostatize it. They would leave the Lord by worshiping idols. And by doing so, they would bring upon themselves their own oppression. The Lord would allow them to follow in their ways, and an enemy would rise up to oppress them and tyrannize them. And in this case, the Philistines. The Philistines terrified them and tyrannized them for 40 years. And isn't that true of our day? Many people 
have become comfortable, if not um, resistant and um, taking for granted the blessings of the Lord. And instead of worshiping the Lord, they follow their own ways. And then they get into a royal mess, and then they cry out and ask God to deliver them, and God does in his patience and loving kindness. So this is the cycle in Judges. They would cry out, and God would raise up a judge or a deliverer, and in this case, he's going to raise up Samson. Now we move to the impossible. Judges 13.2. A certain man of Zorah, named Manoah, from the clan of the Danites, had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. So here's the impossible situation that Manoah's wife was um, barren. She was unable to give birth, and they did not have a child. I love the fact that God sees that situation, knows that situation, and is going to address that situation directly. But did you know that infertility is a very real problem in our society today? One out of five couples, one out of five women, struggle with infertility. And we should be compassionate and supportive and loving. And thankfully, there are some medical advancements that can help in some of these situations. But in this time, during biblical ages, uh, a woman who was not able to have a child was shamed and seen as somewhat incomplete. And it was a socially negative thing to not be able to have a child. The next point is the Lord Jesus appears. It says in verses 3 to 5, The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So first of all, we have a Christophany. Jesus is God. Jesus always existed. He existed in time past, in time present, and in time future. He was, he is, and he is to come. Jesus is eternal. Yet he took on a physical, mortal body to come to earth to be our Savior and Lord. But before that time, he would appear in the Old Testament to people. And in this case, whenever you see the angel of the Lord, that is code for Jesus. That was Jesus who appeared to Manoah's wife. First of all, Jesus says, you are barren and childless. He recognizes her situation, her condition, the impossibility of where she stands. But he announces that through his supernatural, miraculous power, that she is going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. She is, he's telling 
Manoah's wife in advance that she's going to have a son, that he's going to be a Nazarite, and that he's going to lead Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Now, what is a Nazarite? A Nazarite is one who's completely dedicated to God. A Nazarite had to follow these rules. He had to abstain from wine and other fermented drink. He could not drink vinegar made from wine or from other fermented drink. He could not drink grape juice or eat grapes or raisins. He could not eat anything that came from the grapevine, not even the seeds or skins. No razor could be used on his head. He had to remain holy until the period of his separation to the Lord was over, and he could not go near a dead body, not even that of his parents or relatives. So this total dedication would be from the time he's in the womb until the time of his death. There are two others that are Nazarites uh, from, for their entire lives. That would be Samuel and also John the Baptist. But a Nazarite was a voluntary dedication or consecration to the Lord that is also noted in the book of Acts. And it would be for a temporary period. But in the case of these three, they lived a lifetime of commitment to this. So we see here that the Lord Jesus announces this miracle, and Manoah's wife tells Manoah, who was not there, and Manoah prays for verification. And that's our fourth point, verification. We've seen the times, we've seen the impossible situation, we see the Lord Jesus appearing and announcing the upcoming birth of Samson, who will be set apart to be the deliverer or judge for Israel. And now we have the verification. Chapter 13, verses 8 to 14 of the book of Judges. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I beg you to let the man of God you sent to come to us again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. This is a beautiful prayer. This is a prayer of any uh, expected parents that we want wisdom. We need guidance for nurturing our kids in the way of the Lord. And Manoah is praying this, but he's specifically asking for verification that the same man of God who came the first time to his wife would come again, and God the Father was gracious, and Jesus appeared to Manoah. We read in verse 9, God heard Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman while she was out in the field, but her husband Manoah was not with her. The woman hurried to tell her husband, He's here, the man who appeared to me the other day. Verse 11, Manoah got up and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said, Are you the man who talked to my wife? I am, he said. So Manoah asked him, when your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule that governs the boy's life and work? The verification goes on in verse 13. The angel of the Lord answered, Your wife must do all that I have told her. She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or other fermented drink, 
nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I have commanded her. And so this really underscores the lifelong uh, consecration of Samson to the Lord, even from the womb, because his mother had to abide by not partaking of the grapevine or drinking of wine or any fermented drink or eating anything unkosher. So Samson was pure and committed and devoted to the Lord from his mother's womb. Is that not a case for the sanctity of human life? That God has a purpose and that life begins in the womb and that that life should be cherished and upheld. But also it tells us that the wife is obedient, that Samson had godly parents. They believed in prayer and they believed in obeying the Lord. The verification goes on in verses 18 to 24. The Lord uh, said to Manoah, why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. Then Manoah took a young goat together with the grain offering and sacrificed it on a rock to the Lord. And the Lord did an amazing thing while Manoah and his wife watched. As the flame blazed from the altar toward heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. Now that must have been quite the sight. Here they are thinking this is a man of God when he's actually the angel of the Lord, which is code for he's Jesus. And the verification <clears throat> comes in the Lord revealing himself as God. The angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. I can see the saying, holy smokes, coming from something like this. Seeing this, it says in verse 20, verse B, Seeing this, Manoah and his wife fell with their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord did not show himself again to Manoah and his wife, Manoah realized it was the angel of the Lord. We are doomed to die, he said to his wife. We have seen God. To see God is to die because God is completely holy and we are sinful. And to see God would mean that we would um, die. However, in this case, we see the wisdom and the reasoning of Manoah's wife in verse 23. She says, but the wife answered, if the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and grain offering from our hands, nor shown us all these things, or now told us this. And how wise Manoah's wife was to say, God is telling us we're going to be the parents of the next judge of Israel who will deliver us from the Philistines. And so, even though he's revealed himself to us, he revealed himself in a veiled way such that we are not going to die. He's accepted our burnt offering. He has shown us all these things. He has told us all these things. And isn't it like the Lord that he didn't bring us this far to let us down? He didn't teach us to swim to let us drown. 
God has a purpose for us, and what he's calling us to, he will equip us to accomplish, and the Lord is faithful. He is verifying his word, that what he said, what he promised, will come true. And certainly in verse 24, we see the outcome. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson, and he grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Mahanadan between Zorah and Eshtal. So praise God, the little boy Samson was born. His name means Sonny, and I'm sure at first he uh, did bring sunshine to his home and to Israel at a dark period in their history, but uh, we're going to see that his life ended in the darkness because he did not fully obey the Lord. He began to deliver Israel from the Philistines, but Samuel and David would finish the job. But we do see here in verse 24 and 25 that he grew and the Lord blessed him and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him. So the Lord was with him in his favor being upon Samson and the Spirit of God who would come upon people in the Old Testament to accomplish a purpose was already stirring him and working upon him and would give him supernatural strength. Now, for kids who grew up in the church, Samson is like a Marvel superhero. He has superhuman strength. He's going to kill a lion with his bare hands. He's going to lift a city gate off its hinges and march with it. He's going to um, repeatedly take on dozens of Philistines in hand-to-hand combat. He was a hero. And boys, little boys could look up to him and want to emulate him as uh, powerful. But the story of Samson is also filled with his pride, his disobedience, and his sinful relationships with women. And so what we see here is that he was physically strong, but spiritually weak. We're going to look more at this next week when we see Samson, who had a flawed heart centered on himself. But right now, why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can see that you have a purpose, a plan, and you roll out that purpose and plan, and you fulfill your promises. Thank you that we are to take you at your word. Thank you that you know the pains and the struggles and the impossibilities that we face and that nothing is impossible with you. Your hand is not too short that you're unable to save. You are able to save to the uttermost. We do thank you, Father, for our children and our grandchildren and in some cases, great-grandchildren. And we do pray for them. We pray, Father, that you would bless them so that they would grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. We pray for our kids who are parents or grandparents or our grandkids who are parents. 
that you'd give them wisdom and guidance in nurturing their kids in the way of the Lord. And Lord, we dedicate ourselves to you. Though we don't have to grow our hair long or abstain from um, grapes or things like that, thank you, Lord, that we can consecrate ourselves to you. We could obey you. We can set our eyes upon you and follow you. And that's what we want to do. So Lord, help us to follow the good things about Samson and avoid the bad things. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.